Hello, and welcome to Blizzard Watch, where we watch Blizzard and its games most, most carefully. They're tricky, and they must be watched. Hi, I'm Matt. I'm the host. And with me this week are two fantastic co-hosts. First up, uh, I'm going to introduce her first this week because it hasn't been for a while. Um, Anne Stickney writes everything, does everything, is constantly watching you, and Blizzard always can't be stuck. Unless there's sparkly eye stuff, but that's that's unrelated. Uh, Anne, what have you been up to besides sparkly eye stuff? Uh, I'm easily distracted by eyeshadow. What can I say? Um, what have I been up to? alpha mostly like messing around on the alpha checking out the new zones and stuff getting some things done in storm song storm song is real weird actually all of the alpha is real weird i haven't gotten too much done with the alt the nightborn alt but i did hit level 80 or yeah level 80 finally i'm like wait no level 70 i was in outland no wait level 80 what's 80 open up 80 is Pandaria and, and Cataclysm? Yeah, I could go to Pandaria or I could do Cataclysm. And I chose to go to Pandaria because I really like the Jade Forest. I think it's very pretty. Um, I forgot about all of the quests that you have to do as Horde that I don't necessarily like so much because they're very much, let's blow everything up. And I'm like, but I don't want to. But I guess I got to. So I'm waiting to get to a point in Jade Forest where I can safely go to the next zone over and just sort of leave the jade, the statue of the uh, Jade Serpent intact and not go through that whole cinematic and everything because it kind of breaks my heart every time. World of Warcraft, if only the players hadn't shown up. Yeah, it's just, like, you know, it breaks my heart like every time I see it. So I'm like, you know, maybe uh, maybe I'll just leave that one intact this time. Maybe I'll just... Feel... Poor Yulon. I was going to retire. Thanks for blowing up the statue my replacement was going to be. I guess I got to stick around a little longer. It, oh, seems God. Like, it seems like we're in the business of keeping people from retiring. Because, I mean, we got Yulon, Sarfang. Tyrion <laughs> was retired and we made him come back. That really Who? worked out well for him. We, we tried Tyrion. to retire yeah. from making people retire, but we couldn't retire from that. Tyrion came back from retirement and promptly like detonated, so that did not end well for him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not before he got to do, host a whole tournament to get to see what players would do for a new pet. <laughs> oh, trust me, trust me. I'll just tell them there's a pet involved. They'll go crazy. There's a basket of puppies at the end of this thing. Everybody's ah, like, can't let yeah. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Uh, we should possibly introduce Mitch because he already spoke. So, Mitch, hi. What have you been up to? Oh, hello. No, no, um, save it for later. I, yeah, that's a preview. Uh, absolutely nothing. Nothing exciting or crazy. It's been a slow week. Yeah. Oh, this can be okay. I, I had a week of doctor's visits, so I totally feel uh, you. Just kidding. I was at Blizzard last week, and you guys couldn't say that, but now we can. And it was awesome, and I learned I things sure about if, the game. Yeah, I wasn't sure if we could say it or not, so I just I, didn't say it, because it was I like... I don't know. I mean, they kind of said, hey, you know, don't make a big deal out of it, essentially, but there were plenty of people on Twitter yeah. who were like, hey, I'm at Blizzard. You just hadn't said specifically that we could talk about it, so I figured, well, I'm just going to err on the side of caution and say, yeah, it, Mitch it was isn't more here fun. this week, but you'll find out why in a couple of days. That's fine. That was also more fun, too. That's more my style, anyways. Yeah. Making people wonder. Yeah. But yeah, uh, that's where I was. Um, that's, you know, honestly been a big part of the past week for me is gathering all that news up and kind of keeping up with stuff. And yeah, well, it was I was awesome. actually. I was going to wait till we started doing the top stories, but what the heck? We must well just start doing the top stories. We'll just top jump stories, into everybody. It. We'll uh, just jump into it. 
you you did an interview. Um, yes, you I did. Want to talk about that at all? Because I actually wanted to hear what you were like, what you thought about, what you were talking about. Um, any particular aspect of it? Because yeah, any particular aspect of it. Um, I'm trying to remember because the thing that, that I remember, I, I even looked a little check. I was reading it and going, oh, God, this. I got to ask Mitch about this. And now that I'm here, I'm blanking. Well, uh, the, one of the longer questions was about uh, story content uh, regarding Dressfire. That was I really enjoyed that question. But for, for those unaware, uh, getting ahead of ourselves, I did, you know, while I was at Blizzard, I interviewed um, Travis Day and Jimmy Lowe, who are senior producer and senior character artist, I believe, respectively. Um, and I got to just ask questions. I was with there with um, Chaud. I don't know exactly how to say that from MMO Champion. So we kind of took turns asking questions back and forth. And uh, one of the ones I thought was really cool, I was asking them, you know, how they uh, design the story and how they like come up, come up with the story for zones. Um, you know, does it change? How many iterations does it go through? Stuff like that. Just to see, you know, because I, I write things and I like reading things and it's cool to see what the sort of process behind that is. And they went through a long and in-depth answer, um, basically saying like, you know, different quests or stories go through like 24 different people. And, you know, sometimes they'll ask for specific feedback. Sometimes they won't, or like sometimes they'll just, you know, ask for generalized feedback. Um, Oh, it, I remember. My really question cool. is, I remember you were talking about the priest staff, the shadow priest. Yeah. Artifact. Okay. That, that was the other one um, was I asked them about transmog in uh transmogging in Battle for Azeroth, two weapons that are not for your spec, artifact weapons, rather, um, because, and, and I've mentioned this from the very beginning, there is a Holy Priest staff variant that looks awesome. Like It looks like a shadow staff. It, it Yeah, it does. And, and I think one of, like, it's even called, like, Vengeance of the Void or something voidy. Like, it has a void in the name, and there's um, one of them is I know one of them's a PvP appearance, but there's another one that's um, not a PvP appearance, and there's a couple that look very shadowy. So, you know, I asked, will we be able to transmog to stuff that's, you know, not our spec? So if I'm Shadow and Battle for Azeroth, will I be able to use the Holy Priest staff that looks like a Shadow Priest weapon? And they said no. They kind of want to keep things, um, especially from an artistic perspective, they want to keep that sort of the artistic integrity and tie it to a spec's identity, but they also are willing to, you know, make exceptions on a case by case basis. See? And that's that's the point where they're like, I mean, if there are any requests, and I chimed in, I was like, yes, the the void staff, you know, that's my request. That's interesting because I was on the uh, alpha the other day, and I noticed that you could transmog to your your artifact appearances now, and it, they have not put those wonky. restrictions in. Yeah, they have not yeah. put those restrictions in yet because I transmogged to the two-handed, you know, the, the two two-handed swords for Fury? I yeah. transmogged as arms. I transmogged to that appearance for one sword, obviously. So it's not entirely yeah, straight it, up. No, yet. it's it, the, the alpha transmog in general, or, yeah, account copying stuff is a little weird because um, you, you can't actually copy. So I think it's using old transmog, win, uh, transmog info. I don't know. It's a little it's weird, working, yeah. but, but their goal is, you know, we want to keep things spec-specific with maybe a few exceptions here and there. And, you know, some of the examples, some of the more, um, I guess, applicable examples is like, uh, you know, Ashbringer. Should a should a Holy Priest, or not Holy Priest, Holy Paladin, definitely not Holy Priest, be running around with Ashbringer? Like, does that make any sense? And people are going to probably not like this, but I, I do get that. Like I, I agree with that assessment, but there there are other weapons where it's like 
you know, like Alan Neff or, you know, any of the Mage Staves, I don't necessarily think those feel as tied to a spec as, you know, Ashbringer or uh, Doom Hammer. As far as rogues are concerned, I figure a dagger is a dagger is a dagger, and none of these are really, like, tied to a spec, so I don't know why they would be restricted. Like, none of the appearances for the subtlety daggers really scream, oh, this is a subtlety weapon, you can only use... No, it's just another dagger. Just yeah, let me and transmog the dagger. I, that's the I only thing I can of, transmog is the daggers. So I get some of the <laughs> I get some of the weapons. Like I definitely again understand Ashbringer and Doom Hammer, but I, a lot of the weapons I don't necessarily see as you know spec specific, or at least most of the appearances I don't. Or the main appearances. I'm just being um, really obnoxiously bitter about being restricted no. to daggers again i'm very sorry <laughs> no i and i totally get that because that yeah that was something a lot of rogues were like oh well you know next expansion blah 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 so a lot of people uh don't seem too happy about that they would rather blizzard just lift the restrictions entirely um and again i'm on the fence like i some of them i i do see remaining spec specific but a lot of them i don't and if you're not going to restrict all of them is or if you're not going to restrict most of them, is that fair to like those few that you do restrict? I don't know. Here's but that thing... that did stick out to me. That was yeah. Here's the thing that bothers me. I get the idea, and and I'm speaking as somebody that plays a rogue, an assassination rogue, and has been playing assassination since when did I switch? I think I switched at the end of Wrath of the Lich King, and I haven't gone back to combat since. I was combat originally. Um, way back outlaw now <laughs> yeah i know but like way back in burning yeah. crusade it was combat right okay so <laughs> when i beat illidan as a black temple originally i was combat um here's the thing right i've been assassination all that time and i've used daggers all that time because that was my only option because that's the only thing you can mutilate people with i guess i don't i mean <laughs> i could think of all kinds of other things i could mutilate people with <laughs> but <laughs> I have a, a, more about about you I have really. a selection of fist weapons in my bank. I'm just saying a lot of them are really pretty and could do some decisive damage, and they did back when I actually used them when I was combat. But regardless, done some mutilating in her day. So I've done so much. <laughs> anyway, so regardless, <laughs> regardless, here's the thing: I get the idea of class fantasy or whatever. I, I get you know that they like kind of leaned really heavily into that with uh legion and how they want to make sure that classes are using weapons that are like appropriate or or speak to the spec or whatever i get that i also really 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 get the fact that all i've been able to transmog to since transmog was introduced is daggers and i'm bored and that's it that's like the crux of it. That's just the crux of it for me is I'm bored. I would like to be able to swatch up. Swip, I don't even <laughs> want to wield them, right? I, I will wield daggers. You can, you can make me use daggers forever. That's fine. Can I make them look like something else? I just want to make them look like something else. That's all so I you want. Guys, you guys need what we had back in, uh, oh, God, I think it was Pandaria now. When they finally made pole arms and stabs work on transmog with two-handed yeah. swords, axes, and maces, yeah, and, you and guys I need was, that for daggers. I was still really, I was, you know, I was talking about this while I was there. Which... Why haven't we gotten that? I have so many. Like, I don't even give me swords. That's fine. Just, just add fist weapons to the mix. That's enough of a variety that I'd be happy for a while. 
And the thing is, you know, for a long time it was, well, this is, it's because they don't share the same animation set. And pol- but pole arms don't. They still don't share the same pole animation arms, nope. set. And, fact, and that's where I'm a little confused about how they got I often I often transmog two pole arms from swords because when I'm using a pole arm by myself, the uh, Draenei have a specific animation they use. It's a they really twirl cool. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the the too. yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the blood elves do, but I know that the Draenei literally toss the thing up in the air and then catch it. And it looks really awesome. It's, it's an and awesome animation. <laughs> that's if you can make that work for a sword, because I'm using a sword, but you can make it work and be a pole arm and do the pole arm animations. Just give them the fist weapon animations when they're using their daggers as fist weapons. Uh, I don't know that's what it would be, but you don't even have to give yeah. me a sword, although swords would be nice because I do have quite the collection of those too. But if you <laughs> want to keep that, you know, to outlaw, that's fine. No, see, I think for, for, for me for... and for like the other subtly rogues that are out there, the, those of us that are restricted to daggers, 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 and that's all we get is just dagger, dagger, dagger. We're very tired of it. I, I just mean, want some visual use... variety. That's yeah, all I, I want. Mean, at, at this point, it's not even related to weapons, the swords, stuff. daggers, right? Yeah. Rogues can use all those. Those all those should work together. And I don't say that just because as a warrior, I have a ton of fist weapons in the bank I want to use, and I'm piggybacking off of Anne. I don't know. That would be weird. I'm not doing <laughs> that. But there are no, some I... really cool fist weapons out there. I have yeah. most of them. I just I can't transmog well, to this, them. Well, this was, you know, this again, we're getting a really little bit of artifacts. But I, it, I'm really yeah, sorry. Yeah. What I wanted to talk about, though, as far as the interview goes, is that... Uh, there was a question there. You didn't ask it. He asked it. But th- they were talking about, will there be Endgame story reputation like we had with Suramar? And they were ta- calling that chapter questing? But yes, we're going yeah. to have something like that? Um, shoot. What did, is that? Is that the war campaign? Is that what they're referring to? Yeah. yeah we well, they were talking... chapter questing, so yes, they will. Uh, they it's said right that... Yeah, they said that they were going to do like the chapter questing type thing because there's the two capital cities. There's Boralus and there's Zandalar. And then there's that big old outdoor world game place. But then they also said that um, part of it and what will be more of it as it goes on is the war campaign. And I'm wondering, did you hear any more about the war campaigns and how those will work or no? Um, I Yeah, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head um, what... What did they say? What did what did they talk about war campaigns like before this press event? Like, did we know much about them at all? Not much, other than um, I think they said that Strom was going to be like one of them or something. But uh, okay, no, that's that's Warfront. So oh, that's Warfront. Front. Okay, so I'm getting the two confused. So the Warfronts are the Warcraft three style. Um, you you're sieging like a, a fortress basically, and those they actually described as. Um, you'll hold them for like a week at a time, depending on what, you know, if, if your faction wins, they'll hold it for probably a week at a time. And they also said that, you know, to avoid one faction holding it forever, like with Winter Grasp, it, it's going to, the, the winners or the uh, attackers rather are going to be heavily favored. So more or less, it's going to swap every week. And the, the way that you like start a Warfront battle Sounds a lot like the the uh, broken shore stuff, where you know you're collecting resources throughout that time, and once you collect enough, it starts. So right. the war fronts, which are the Warcraft three thing, those are in the old world. I I don't know if they're exclusively in the old world, but the first one's definitely going to be in Arathi at Stromgard, and that is you know that's you'll get certain like world quests and certain you know benefits while your faction controls that, and it's going to be like a for a week at a time. 
kind of going back and forth. The war campaign, and this is, I believe, what unlocks Dark Iron Dwarves and Maghar Orcs. It's the end game stuff after it's, you finish it's the leveling. Stuff, yes. You hit 120, and then occasionally you will be asked to uh, like do world quests or whatever on the other factions uh continent so if you leveled up in Colteris and you're playing alliance you'll be sent to zandalar and vice versa that's yeah that is the impression i got i okay he at one point there were like six different factions mentioned that will send you you know to different places with the uh i, th- I believe it's all with the war campaign but the war campaign is it's a cross between yeah that end game suramar we're telling a story like in zones and the class hall campaign is kind of Class Hall, Order Hall, slash Garrison campaign. See, this so explains some stuff to me because you know I've been running around, you know, getting screenshots of everything yeah. and exploring pretty much every inch of both islands, right? Well, yeah. as I've been doing that, I've been running into places where it's like, I'm on Colteris, there is a f- horde flight master here. That's odd. Yeah, and there's actually in Zandalar... Um, there's an alliance. I, I, there's a whole there's alliance. Like a whole bunch of dark iron. There's dwarves. a port. There's a port on on in Voldoon. Like, oh, okay. I'm not even talking Voldoon. I'm talking the um, uh, no, the gallery like, that just went live today um, included uh, an alliance port that had an inn with an innkeeper, and there was a flight master, and there was a ship, and it was like this whole alliance outpost thing on the edge of the desert. I'm like. Well, this, is, this yeah. is the Horde continent, so this must be endgame stuff, I'm assuming. Yeah, so the the war campaign, is it's it's endgame stuff, and it's also how you unlock Dark Iron and Maghar. Uh, from from what I was told, uh, I'm pretty sure that's correct. Um, I don't know how often it will you'll be able to progress through it. Like with the Garrison campaign, it, it wasn't super obvious. With the other ones, it was you know more obvious because the time gating was based on, like, complete these uh mission hall things so we didn't really get a sense of the timeline there but we the end game storytelling and the war campaign that seems to be at least in 8.0 the big thing that's going to carry us through zones and stories and world quests uh once we hit 120 i have something else i wanted to ask you about i just remembered can you explain to me what the heck they're doing to pvp oh gosh um in terms of the servers, server merging. Um, no, the thing that, that you mentioned here, like I know about the server merging stuff, but it's okay. becoming account wide. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you don't play Overwatch, but do you are you, you familiar with the leveling system in Overwatch at all? I know of it. I haven't actually. I, yeah, I tried so, to play a few times. But ba- basically, in Overwatch, um, and to a degree, Heroes, but more Overwatch because Overwatch is not hero based. It's just. When you play Overwatch, no matter what hero you play, you get XP at the end of a match, and that XP, you know, you'll level up with it. And it, I mean, you don't have different characters or accounts in Overwatch, so it's hard to make a direct comparison. But imagine, you know, you I have imagine different I, heroes in Overwatch. Yeah, imagine I'm PvPing on my priest, and, you know, I get, I don't know, 20 honor ranks just because, you know, I'm playing the heck out of PvP when it first comes out. Um, you know, we're only like a week into the expansion pack, but my priest is PvP'd a ton, so I'm on a rank 20. If I switch over to, you know, a warrior or a paladin or whatever, right now, they would be, you know, starting out no honor ranks at all. Um, in Battle for Azeroth, they will be the same honor rank as my priest. They'll be rank 20 for, you know, in this example. And if, if they PvP a little bit and get to rank 22, then when I go over to my priest, 
he'll be 22. And so it's basically it, it's it is effectively an all character thing. Like if you like the yeah. PvP and you decide, oh, this character isn't good for it anymore. They they made changes, and I'm going to try and play a different character. Yeah, you won't the, be starting from scratch. Ian Hazakasa described it was we want it to just be a representation of how much you PvP, not you know that character that yeah you know, not that character. It's it is are you a PvP player, and that will show account wide, and then you know the rewards. Um, he said, we'll still have the Legion rewards. So like the mounts and artifact appearances and all those apparently are not going away, which I mean, we knew they weren't going away. We didn't really know how we would get them, but he described them as still being earned through the new system. Uh, I don't know specifically how, and I don't know if they do yet, but you aren't going to have to earn them twice. Yes, exactly. Um, and there was also the, the honor talents, um, Rather than, you know, something you earn as you rank up, which they said worked initially in Legion, like, you know, for the first couple of weeks when you were grinding those first 50 honor ranks. But after that, it was like, well, you know, now I just have them. And first they had the prestige system where you would reset them and then they didn't. And this way, in addition to regular abilities and talents that you get while you're leveling up in the old world and whatever, uh, leveling one through 120 will give you honor talents. So oh, they're okay. they're ma- yeah so they're they're making a decent amount of changes to PVP that I, I don't know how much they'd really broadcast before this. But... As long as this doesn't do anything to the titles that I rightfully earned in the original honor grind back in vanilla, I'm like, fine get rid with of it. Them? Yeah. Oh, I, I don't think they would ever get rid of those. Or uh-huh. well, I mean, if they wanted to make those titles account wide, so I could use them on my characters, that would be cool. But I will keep it relegated to the Shadow Priest if I have to, because she's the yeah. one that actually earned the Centurion rank. <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs> I'm okay with it. Uh, not to interrupt, but at this point, Anne, uh, you need to talk. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> If you enjoy our show, consider checking out Curiosity Stream at blizzardwatch.com slash curiosity. With Curiosity Stream, you can watch over 1,500 science, history, tech, and nature documentaries wherever you happen to be. In other words, it's kind of like Netflix for documentaries and education. Curiosity Stream also has oodles of original educational programming like Stephen Hawking's favorite places. You could try the service with a one-week free trial and subscription. Those start at $2.99 a month. New shows are added every week, so it's kind of worth it to stick around. And you can find that at blizzardwatch.com slash curiosity and every new subscription helps support our show and everything that we do. Okay, thank you. Uh, I don't, I don't want to just jump away from what we were talking about because Mitch did, you know, got to do all that stuff and it's really cool. So is there anything else you want to talk about before we move on, Mitch? Oh, man. Uh, there there was a lot. It was a lot to take in. Um, How about that collector's edition? The physical collector's edition I, stuff? Yeah, let's I talk super, about that. I'm excited for that. Um, I'm a I, little... I keep, like that not we're getting... Not everyone's happy. I like that we're getting a novella. And it's not just one novella, it's two. It's two in one hardcover volume. I yes. like that we're getting a piece of lore. I also like the fact that it's not going to be relegated to the collector's edition. They will release that story digitally for people to read. It's just if you want that really pretty fancy hardcover edition that's absolutely gorgeous from all of the pictures that I have seen of it, um, oh, yeah. it's part of the collector's edition. And I like the fact that they're actually including like a collectible with it because that double-sided coin thing, that looks like you could really clock somebody real hard oh, over yeah, the head that, with it and it would hurt. Is... Yay! I'm glad that's what we're thinking. It's got it's, to... it's not I could mutilate somebody with light. it. No. 
Yeah, you could. <laughs> new, new weapon just sits class. around looking at everything all the time going, <laughs> could, could I, I mutilate, mutilate somebody with that? With well, it's not a dagger, but... <laughs> I have a total tangent to this, but... Um, I like the fact that we've got like an actual collectible with the collector's edition. The thing that I'm not a fan of is that this is the first collector's edition we've ever seen where there isn't an art book. It's like the first one. There's been an yeah, art book and... in every other collector's edition ever. And I do like those. I really like those. <laughs> anyway, the Rossi... Legion art book is amazing. I, and the, the, you know, they have said, okay, there's art book with the novella. And there is. And I'm sure it's it's going to be the same quality as the art book's art was but it's not like it's not concept art it's it's not pre-release it's the, art it's, it's yeah it's, it's complete the, art it's the concept art that i really like i like seeing yeah. how the design developed over the course of like coming out with six i don't know i just like the art books and rossi i know you wanted to say something uh, i was talking about the cute totolan pet because he's a cute totolan pet yeah but that that's not you know limited to the physical one you can get that oh, right now yeah you can but get... he's adorable he oh is. he is adorable um, um, sorry, real quick in chat, someone is talking about the the class hall or the war campaign. Um, you, I, I'm pretty sure you finish it at 120. You might be right though that you get sent to the other faction's content while leveling. Um, yeah, I, there's at least some there's some stuff that hints at that in the game. But but as far as unlocking the allied races, the dwarves and the orcs, um, I, I don't think you'll be able to finish the war campaign until 120. But Again, none of this is in, and uh, yeah, it, it you know we're not we don't have all of these. We're still details. in alpha right now, so it's just. And then the other thing that kind of bugs me with the physical collector's edition, and this is just a small, minor thing, right? It doesn't have a mouse pad. <laughs> oh my god! No I mouse am pad? so There's surprised no that pad. people. So many people are getting worked up over that, and you know I'm not I'm not criticizing you here because. You're, you're laughing. I'm not like super. This. I'm not like super but, worked up or bent out of shape about it. It was just kind of like every time I got one of those, it was like, oh yeah, okay, time to swap out guys, my mouse pad. <laughs> like if it weren't for collector's editions, I wouldn't have mouse pads. Yeah, collector's edition right? been my mouse pads for years. Like right now, I'm not even kidding. I'll take a picture that I have to. I'm using the Diablo collect Diablo um Reaper Souls um mouse pad. That's the mouse pad I'm currently using. I swapped out my Legion one for it. So I think yeah, the first that's... one that I actually like picked up and started using that had something on it was the Wrath of the Lich King one when I got the Wrath Collector's Edition. Yeah, yeah I used I, that I'm one. I'm horrible up. and I don't even use a mouse. I but... ran that thing into the ground, and then the Cataclysm one I ran that into the ground, and the Miss yeah. Pandaria ran that into the ground. I did not pick up the Legion Physical Collector's Edition. I don't think, or if I did, I never opened it. I don't think I picked it up. I don't think I actually picked that one up because I'm still rocking the. Uh, Warlords of Draenor mouse pad. Oh, you know what? No, I didn't pull it out of the box. That's why. Because this one wasn't really that worn down or anything. So I was like, I'll just go ahead and run over Blackhand's face for a while and longer here. And thusly, Blizzard said people don't necessarily need these. Yeah, I, I'm not, like, upset about it. I'm not going to, like, well, I'm not getting it now. Well, I'm just, that, that's you know. the thing. Some people seemed legitimately very upset over that. And why? I... I, I was just surprised by the response people had to the lack of an art book. Or not art book. A mouse pad. The art book I get. The mouse pad's the thing that was kind of like, really? That's the battle you're going to pick? The, All right. The, the main reason why I wanted the mouse pad was because the key art for Battle for Azeroth, the yeah. one with Sylvanas and, and 
and when like facing mm-hmm. off, it's really pretty and it would look really good on a mouse pad. <laughs> so it, I was it like, would. Oh yeah, I want that art. I want to run my some, mouse over that art. <laughs> yeah, some players spend a lot of time on the Sylvanas side of the mouse pad. Other people all their time <laughs> over on the Anduin side of the mouse pad. It's odd. <laughs> Which one will you run your mouse repeatedly over the face of? Yeah, no, it's it, it was just I mean, it was I, one of those I things get... where it was like, oh, well, that's kind of a bummer. But okay. Yeah, and I, I do get people being upset or frustrated or whatever. Like, you know, whatever. But I, I still think the rewards they have this time are cool. And I, I am very excited about the hardcover novella. Um, the plus, novella they also, looks really cool. They are doing a refund thing. It's it's Battle.net refund. So I know that's not, you know, everyone's cup of tea. But if you already bought the collector's edition, like, because you wanted the Tortolan pet or whatever. The digital deluxe. Yeah. or Or even just, you know, the expansion pre-order in general. If you did that you'll get a Battle.net refund, um, but you have to claim it, I believe, before the end of 2018, so like December 31st, 11.59 at p.m. Pacific. And what they're refunding you is the cost of the Digital Deluxe or the regular edition, yeah. whichever one you happen to buy, correct? Yes. Okay, so they're refunding you the cost of that, but it goes to your Battle.net balance, which you can then use to pay your World of Warcraft account or buy stuff in Heroes of the Storm or whatever, right? Yeah, I mean, there there are some people who... We'll probably say, well, that does no good to me, but I think plenty of people will say, oh, yeah, I buy stuff from Blizzard and now Look, I if have I can play, if I can, if it. I can, if I can pay my WoW subscription with the refund, that's, that's fine. I'll do you that. You know, you can also pay for new heroes in Heroes of the Storm with that. I mentioned that. We should that. probably talk about, yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Deckard Kane. Deckard Kane. Deckard Kane. Deckard Kane. Deckard Kane. Oh, oh. Deckard Kane. Okay, so PAX East was last week, and we knew that they were going to do something at the PAX East panel thing. They had, like, something going on for Heroes of the Storm, but we didn't know what. And you know what? How how long have we been talking about the fact that they should add Deckard Kane to Heroes of the Storm? Like, how uh, long has How long, how long, how long the game out? It's coming how up long, on, like, three years, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I was going to say, how long have we been saying they should put him in the game? Now, mind you, I said... If if nothing else, an announcer pack with Deckard Cain. I would be really great. hope they add one. I'm sure they will, but but a hero adding him as a hero, yes, sign me up. And by golly, they did it. And the, what what I love about him and what they were talking about, you know, I, I only kind of caught half of this because again, I was curiously writing. But um, they said like originally, I think they wanted him to be like either specialist or assassin or something. And they, but they're like, nah, it doesn't feel you know right for Deckard Cain. He's, no. he's not really like he's not a fighter. Um, and they ended up with, uh, I don't think defensive was the right. He's a word. support, but he's like a tactical healer. Tac- tactical support, yeah, that, yeah. That's tactical healer was the word because he throws potions. Uh, and leaves them on the battlefield for you to collect. He and throws I... potions, and then he has another ability where he throws a heretic cube that does damage, but it also slows people. And then he yeah. does this thing called the scroll of sealing, where he throws out this scroll, and it forms like this triangle, and it does damage, and then it roots that it roots enemies. And then he, <laughs> my favorite, my favorite ability <laughs> is called stay a while and listen. And he tells he tells the heroes a story and puts them to sleep. <laughs> and the the other one is Lornado. Lornado is, is pretty cool awesome too. Awesome as well. Um, uh, I I was a little disappointed that uh, Scroll of Sealing didn't. And I you know said this on Twitter already, but it didn't summon you know a bunch of seals to just attack people. I thought that would have been 
totally out of character, but also hilarious. No, but, uh, I but guess we'll have to save it for another character. Stay a while and listen. When they announced it on the stream, they showed the ability and they showed the enemies falling, and the crowd just went nuts. Yeah, everybody was waiting for that one, and they made it a thing. I'm so happy that they made that a thing. Lornado is also pretty cool. Um, <laughs> so Do, yeah. I need to know one thing, though. I need to know one thing, and I need to know it now. Yes, is it still the same voice actor? Is it Michael Go? It sounds like him. It's if it's not, it sounds a lot like. If him. it's not, yeah. it's somebody who does an absolutely amazing impression of him because it sounds like him. Okay. If 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 I hope to, it is for one reason and one reason only because I will get to yet again break out my fact about Michael Go that nobody knows. Okay. He was in the original episode, of the pilot episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation. He played Groppler Zorn. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, I've told it a million times, so it's not a surprise that she... <laughs> I've heard he, he told... it before. <laughs> the fact that no one knows except the people I've told it to a bunch of times. Yeah. I just had um, to be I... reminded of it, but as soon as he said Star Trek, I'm like, oh yeah, next generation. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, the the interesting thing is they wanted to make him a tactical healer, so he he doesn't even have to be in front, like front line in the action or anything. He can just, you know, top up to pop... Eh, pop up to top lane. Goodness. And toss a potion there and just kind of leave it and then go down to bottom lane and I, I forget what I think it's part of his trait is um you know if he's near allies he gains armor but I think his abilities called fortitude yeah it's called fortitude of the faithful and if he's near at least one other allied hero hero he gains 10 armor and his basic abilities recharge 50 percent faster yeah, I so... don't know if that's gonna stay as is. Because the armor bonus is probably going to get nerfed. I was going to say, that sounds like a lot, and it probably is a lot. Now, he hits the PTR, I think it's like a couple of weeks, and he'll be on the PTR for people to play with. Um, yeah. And I'm I'm pretty sure that he's going to be on the PTR, and it's going to go just like every other hero. Everybody will go, wow, he's so OP, this is amazing, he's so much fun. And then when they release him, they'll immediately nerf him. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. But he, he looks really cool, and again, he's a different kind of support where you don't have to be near people to heal them, and you can kind of... If you know that people are likely to go to top lane and you know attack whoever's in that lane, you can place a potion down there and let them use it as they need to. And it's just... It's a, it's a cool... A uh, cool way of approaching healing, and I also, you know, respect the fact that they wanted to keep um, his kind of style and his the the type of character he is. They it want that reflected very in the combat Deckard, type. Yeah, it feels very Deckard Kane. It doesn't feel really out of place or anything. Um, that wasn't the only thing that they announced at that panel, though. There was another thing that they went into, and I found this really fascinating, and I'm kind of excited about it. Um, they were talking about the the narrative and the lore behind Heroes of the Storm because they are trying to get into that a little bit more because there is actually a story behind Heroes of the Storm. They've just there's been bits of pieces of it that's been talked about, like in you know the little skin descriptions and that kind of thing, but they've never actually sat down and laid it all out for people. Um, so the Nexus is like it, it's a real place. Um, and it's connected to all of these other realms and realities and it exists at the center of this cosmic storm and it can rip worlds and universes like in and out of existence. So the Blizzard worlds 
not intended to reference Overwatch, but yes, kind of intended to re- <laughs> reference Overwatch because that's one of those worlds. Um, those are some of the worlds that it kind of connects to and pulls people from and then disconnects, you know, back and forth like that. And then there are worlds in the Nexus that were stabilized there and established there. And those are the places that originally came out, like Cursed Hollow, Haunted Mines, Dragonshire, all of those places. Those are realms that have actually reached some kind of stability in the Nexus. And each of those realms has its own little storyline going on. Each of those realms has its own leader. It's a realm lord. So, um, like, for example, there's the Raven Lord. And we've heard of the Raven Lord before. Like, he's there in the Raven Court and does all that other stuff. And I think he, you, like, hear him talking in a couple of the maps and that kind of thing. He, he and uh, the Gravekeeper, uh, yeah. they kind of fight back and forth in Towers of Doom. Like, that's the whole thing is right. they're like... Right, yeah. so there's like this whole storyline involved with those guys, but we've never really like heard that much about it. So these guys are realm lords, and they're almost kind of like demigods within the Heroes of the Storm universe within you know, the it, whole. It's actually, if you're pen and paper, mm-hmm. it's very if you, it's very similar to how they made Ravenloft work, where there were domains within Ravenloft, and uh, you they had their own lords who ruled them. Yeah, it's, it, it is. It's, it's it kind of like it's... that. Um, the cool part about this, though is that, like I said, Blizzard kind of wants to dive into the narrative of this and actually expand on Heroes of the Storm lore, which I think is really interesting. I love when they add lore to games. Heroes of the Storm never really had any like kind of cohesive thing, so I like the fact that they're exploring this. Um, they're coming out with a comic, and the first issue of that comic is called Rise of the Raven Lord, and that's going to be coming out sometime later this month. They didn't have an exact release date, but it involves the Raven Lord, and I don't know how big it's going to be. I don't know when it's going to come out, but I'm really excited to see it. The other and even more interesting thing is that they are going to spend the next year in Heroes of the Storm development telling a narrative tale all throughout the year. So every hero that's released, and I guess every patch that we get, all of the content stuff that we get, there's going to be this kind of overarching narrative story that plays out over the course of the year. I don't know how that's going to work, but I'm interested in seeing it. And well, it makes choosing Kane a really inspired choice because yeah. he is the kind of yeah he's the person that would be the one to figure this out. Oh, there's a narrative here. Uh, no, oh, here. a narrative. Anyway. <laughs> oh God, he's casting his ultimate. No, no, I'm just <laughs> telling you about the land we're in. <laughs> you never just, tell with this guy. I, I'm really excited to see how this plays out, and um, I'm kind of excited to see how the because you know me world and it's the same thing with you rossi if if they come out with a story with or a new ip with a new story then what do we immediately do we learn everything there is to know about that story so that we can tell people about so i'm like yeah another new ip to wrap my brain around hey Um, this week i'm i was i was kind of not sure what to do with noyolo this week so hey now i can tell people the raven lord is (laughs) we'll talk about the raven lord and heroes of the storm yeah it's just more more stuff to add to the know your lore list not like that one isn't big enough as it stands one of the things i love about this though is that for years the only like real lore that heroes of storm even had were the cool alternate skins that were like from right and they're still going to be doing that like they're still going to be doing that that's fine but i love the idea of you know you you establish these things i I can actually imagine imagine if a heroes of the storm world like the one the raven lord is from gets popular enough and people want to see more of it in in 10 15 years there could be like a you know a game set there (laughs) 
It's just like all this weird stuff that could possibly happen out of this. I think World it's a great of Nexus. Idea. No. Um. Yeah. <laughs> well, and they, they also, I, I can't remember if you mentioned this, but um, they showed artwork of Neo Stormwind, which yeah. was uh, when, when we were seeing the like mecha skins released, they were teasing them with like Neo Stormwind news, yada, yada, yada. And um, it's like the future world. And we're like, oh, is Neo Stormwind going to be a map? And then, you know, nothing really happened with it. I, I, I mean, they were fighting it in, in the cool cinematic thing, but um, it that wasn't was kind a of the map. last week. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a map or anything. And I, we don't know if it's going to be a map, but the point is they have artwork for it. And, like, they they have this whole... Material is from mecha there. Mechaterial is from there. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it, that's, that, yeah, that's, that's cool. there's a lot of really interesting stuff from this. This if this is a direction the game like I've never heard of a moment doing this. Like no, you know, it, like, League of Legends. I, I know, which, you know, well, Legends keep in mind that League of Legends, like League of Legends, tends to. I don't know how much you guys follow the stuff that's going on with Riot or whatever, but they tend to release cinematics for like various characters and things like that, and they're absolutely beautiful. Yeah, they're beautifully done. The one, the last one that they did, I don't even remember what the character's called, but it's the little girl with the teddy bear. Oh yeah, the one that sets fire uh, to everything. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Someone, so they released. Chat, yeah, they released a character trailer for her that was like a little animated short thing that was just. It was the like Annie? watching a moving painting, huh? Is it Annie? Annie? I, I think don't know. Is it, that the name? I, it might be. It might be. Um, and I'll link it to you later because it's really. It's like. Yeah, it's just I, I don't absolutely know which one stunning. I saw, yeah, but it is I, I Annie. definitely saw one. Lucas, people were. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. Lucas in. Uh, the chat channel just said that it was Annie. So yeah, she they they did one with her. They did a couple of other ones. Um, every trailer that they've done has seemed like it's got like kind of a deliberate story behind it. There's nothing that I know of that kind of ties everything together. I don't I don't play League of Legends because it's again it's a MOBA and I you know I'll follow the stories of these things if there happens to be a story but I'm not a really good MOBA player so I just kind of stay out of that whole thing because I'm like it's not my area of expertise I know I'm not that good at good at it and I don't really want to affect anyone else's ratings while I'm busy being bad so I'm like I'll just <laughs> let you guys do that and I'll watch it because I do like watching the tournaments and stuff though yeah that's fun but like <laughs> The rest oh, of it, just I'm like, me oh, busy being bad over here. I'll just be busy being bad. So, like, you know, if we do a stream with just us, yeah, then I'm okay with that because I'm only inflicting my badness on you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, no. When when they've come out with trailers before, I like I, there have been times where the news is just like, oh my god, this League of Legends trailer is amazing. Like. It, it 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 makes big waves when they do that sort of thing. Um, and, and someone in chat was saying their lore has come a long way since they basically gave up on lore a number of years back. And I, I think it's really cool. Um, Heroes, I, I am a little nervous that it's just going to get like out of hand and too crazy to follow. Um, I don't think the that other... they'll do that. I don't think that they'll go that route. I, I, I don't think so, but I... I it am... has the potential for being really, really complicated, but... What yeah. I know from the people at Blizzard and the lore team that they've got at Blizzard, they do know how to streamline a story without letting it get too out of hand. Yeah, and that's it. That's exactly it. I just hope it doesn't. I don't want them to ever feel like, oh, we can't release, you know, um, pajamas. They have pajama skins, but like, I, I, if they didn't have pajama skins, I don't want them to ever say, oh no, we can't release these because then you know we might players might want us to make a pajama world and we don't really have a story for that. Like, No, I don't think that they're ever going to lose like their sense of irreverence as far as like 
the whole sorry, lighthearted but... nature of the skins and things that they do. Yeah, the world is getting featured now. Huh? Pajama I'm writing. A, I'm already writing a KYL about Pajama World. I don't care. I don't want Pajama World. KYL I want, or I fanfic? want whatever world Tychus lives on. <laughs> oh, you mean Beach Tychus? <laughs> yeah. Oily Beach Tychus? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and guess who he's hanging out with, Anne? It's the new Hanzo skin. Okay. Wait, and is there one? And Wait, I the, just perked one, up. Is there one? <laughs> the, the Overwatch one. Where he's oh, in the it. Overwatch it's, it's one. Not okay. in, it's not in Heroes yet, but you know, I'm just pretending. Speaking of I'm which, we should probably talk about Overwatch. But before we do, um, real quick to sidetrack, we should mention that Hearthstone's, like the next expansion, the Witchwood, it's coming out tomorrow. Today, yeah. if you're listening to this on Thursday. Tomorrow, if it's you're listening out. to this on Friday, because that's when this podcast releases to the oh, general public. So you mean yesterday? Yesterday. Well, I don't know. Time. time. What is time? It comes out Thursday, April 11th. April 12th. Yeah. We're so bad at this. Guy. I know. We're terrible, aren't we? Okay. So anyway, the Witchwood comes out. Um, so if you're looking for that new Hearthstone expansion, hey, go get it. It'll be and really if you, cool. If this is somehow the first you you've stream. heard of its release, sorry we botched it so bad. I don't think that we will. I don't. I don't know. Time is there, confusing me now. We there need... is uh, speaking of Ben Brode, there is a supercut of all his laughs from the uh, reveal stream that they did last week. It's like this six week. straight minutes it's, of laughter. It's six minutes of a, and there are some good laughs. Like I was watching it live. Like I, I wasn't fully watching, but I, you know, Liz is like, "It's Ben Brode, and he's doing a bunch of laughs. Come on!" So I tuned in, and I was, you know, very happy with it. So yeah, that's what that we comes do here. This week. Watch we cover Ben Brode's laughing. Everyone covers. Anyway, we were going to talk about Overwatch, so let's talk about Overwatch. Retribution is out. Yes. Retribution is the new event. So um, last year we had Uprising, which was telling the story of, I think it was like seven years ago, there was Null Sector, they were uprising in London, and Overwatch wasn't supposed to operate in London. Like the Prime Minister said, no, you can't do stuff here. But Morrison said, now we're going to go do it anyway, because um, Tracer was like, come on. Cheers, go. love. Come on, we need so that was like Tracer's first first mission with Overwatch. Um this year we get Uprising again. So if you missed any of the stuff from Uprising, you can still go get it. But we've also got a new event and the new event is called Retribution. And Retribution, you play Blackwatch characters. I'm so happy about this. <laughs> it takes place not 7 years ago, but 8 years ago. So before the events in Uprising. This this takes place a year before Uprising. Um, stuff's going on. Gabriel, Gabriel? No, not Gabriel. Yeah. Gabriel Reyes? No, I'm not talking about Reyes. I'm talking about Gerard. Thank you. Anyway, so Gerard, he's uh, LaCroix, Widowmaker's husband, ex-husband, because he's dead now. She killed him. But back then, he Good was still too. alive, and he was this persistent thorn in Talon's side. And he had dug up all kinds of information on them. Well, there was an attack in uh, in Oslo, Norway, on the Overwatch facility there. And Morrison and everybody else had managed to kind of track it back to this guy named Antonio, who was hanging out in Italy and was affiliated with Talon. Um, and they wanted to take him out and take him down. But um, Blackwatch was going to do this. And Gerard, thank you. I'm like, my brain is, I, I keep wanting to say Gabriel. I'm like, no, no, there's two men here and their names both begin with G. Anyway, so uh, Gerard, they brought him in because he was pretty much their talent specialist. He had been digging up all of this information and stuff. And they said, we want to like actually get Antonio. And he's like, you can't, you can't do that. 
because he's too heavily protected by people in the government and other people besides. He said, but I have enough information on them that we could start pulling those supports away from him and leave him exposed so that we could move in and do this the legit way. And they said, okay, well, that sounds good. We'll catch up with you. And it was uh, Reyes and McCree that were talking to Gerard. They leave the building. The building explodes (laughs) because Talon got word of this and sent it in an agent, right? So Gerard lives... He's not long for this world, though, because we know that within the next year, his wife is going to murder him, right? But this is not that event. He actually survives this event. But Reyes is really upset because a lot of agents got killed in that explosion. It basically destroyed the facility that they had just finished building and were just moving into. Um, And he wants his revenge. He wants to go catch Antonio. He wants to capture him. He wants to hold him. He wants to interrogate him and use the information that he learns so that they can go in and just tear Talon apart. That's what he wants to do. So this event, the retribution event, is basically Reyes, McCree, Moira, and... um, Oh my gosh, who's their fourth? Genji, thank you. Anyway, um, it's those four guys. Who are you saying thank you to? Myself. (laughs) (laughs) So confused this whole time. You're welcome. Anyway, so these. (laughs) Um, it's these. It's it's me thanking my brain for finally getting back on track. But anyway, it's these. So polite, she thanks herself. (laughs) It's these four guys going into Antonio's compound in Rialto, Italy, in Venice. Um, it's the Rialto district of Venice. And they are trying to capture Antonio. Things do not go well. And um, Talon essentially sends in all of their heavy forces. If you've ever seen that that Leon gif uh, where a guy screams, everyone, it, it's that. They send everyone. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, there's it's just talent everyone. people everywhere. It's just everyone. And they have to fight their way out because nobody is coming in to extract them or anything. Um it's pretty cool. It's like a cool sort of like another little snapshot into the history of Talon. And you could see how this is the beginning of when Blackwatch started to catch the wrong kind of attention. Because at the beginning of Uprising, if you go look at the, the comic for Uprising, they're very specific. They ask him, they're like, what is McCree doing in London, Gabriel? Because you guys are suspended. You're not supposed to be doing anything. And he's like, I don't know. He's on vacation. <laughs> Don't worry about yeah, it. This, this is <laughs> it, it's the story of, you know, what happens when it's the, the beginning, world finally sees them. Yeah, it's the beginning of the exposure of Blackwatch. And this particular guys, event so there's uh, one other thing to mention. Yeah. That I have to mention. Moira's got an absolutely awesome beret on. Oh okay. This was a big controversy apparently because some people love the love it and some people hate it. And uh, the Overwatch Twitter account was responding to people with, like, crappy drawings of, like, MS Paint-style drawings almost. A little better than that, though. Of Myra with different types of hats. So she has, like, a top hat in one and, like, a clown, uh, uh, whatever, wig. Wait, we can actually get a top hat from Moira? Because, man, they they shouldn't be promising that. No, they they just, they took the picture of Moira with the beret and... They drew, I kind of like, want to see a Moira skin that's like her in a top hat and tails now. That would be it's, awesome. It'd be it's, cool. Like it's a Tara style but... sort of. Anyway, um, regardless, 
it's the event itself is really cool. Like if you're playing through it, um, it, it has four different difficulties. I think normal, medium, expert, and like nightmare or hard and expert, something like that. There's four difficulties, and they get harder as you go. Um, but there's dialogue between the characters, and the uh, the retribution event itself is the four you know main we just mentioned: Myra Re- Reaper uh, or Gabriel uh, McCree and Genji. Mm-hmm. But there's also the arcade mode lets you play as any of the characters. But yeah, if you you're can doing play the one heroes. when you're doing the one with the specific heroes, they have dialogue between each other, um, and it's it's pretty interesting. Like, there's a minor spoiler. There's a little cinematic at the beginning that was kind of a surprise for people, and it shows more of the story of you know how this all started. But there's you know lines in there where McCree is like he seems pretty angry at Reyes because he's like, this isn't what I signed up for. Like, you know, we're not supposed to be, you know, people aren't supposed to know we're here and now they do and all this cool stuff. So definitely pay attention to the dialogue during the event itself because it's it's just little background stuff like that. Like the character dialogue in general in the game is really good. But The other thing to note about this event in particular, if you caught up on Moira's backstory when she was announced, um, the backstory that she's got on the website there, it talks about how she was affiliated with Blackwatch. Like Reyes actually brought her in specifically for Blackwatch, even after pretty much the entirety of the medical and community, like the scientific community was like, no, the things that you're doing are bad and you shouldn't be doing them. Um, Reyes brought her in and it said in her backstory that her involvement with Blackwatch and with Overwatch was unveiled basically because of the Venice incident, quote unquote. Oh, this is the Venice. No, this is the Venice incident. This is, this is when it started to kind of fall apart because Moira, everybody like in Overwatch proper denied even knowing that she was a part of it they were like we didn't bring her in we don't know why like they tried to kind of disassociate themselves from the whole situation yeah it's it's interesting knowing that um reyes was so motivated by talon's attack that he did this um especially because you know at this point he's still working for blackwatch but you know nowadays he works for talon so like where did that switch come in play? And, and I talked I, about I think, that a little bit in the Know Your Lore that I wrote. Yeah, I, I think a little bit of that is going to, you know, that's, again, the dialogue things. I think you're starting to see, you know, a rift come between members of Blackwatch, which, you know, There's sure, something going on. Yeah, it's it's cool. It's more lore. Um, and it's also a, just a fun event that you can do kind of this, this all, mindlessly. I know that... Yeah, I know that we talked about this last week, but this all kind of falls under that whole Overwatch archives umbrella that they were that they had introduced. Um, yeah, yeah. Which basically an Overwatch archives event is an event that takes place somewhere in Overwatch's history. There's a lot of history there for them to like pick and choose from. So I don't know if these archive events are just going to be once a year, like this time of year. Like next year we'll get you'll be able to do Uprising, you'll be able to do Retribution, and then they'll have a third event that takes place somewhere else on Kinda some other so. thing. It's, it's really cool. Or if they will do these throughout the year and, like, maybe in the fall we'll have, like, some other Overwatch archives. I don't know. Um, I, actually, I, I would prefer that because the I number am, of skins in general is just going to get okay, too high for archives boxes. I, I love the skins and everything, but what I really love is that these events very deliberately introduce story and we don't get a lot like we haven't we didn't get a lot of that last year. We didn't get a ton of story. We got some stuff, 
and the stuff that we got was good. Like the stuff with Moira was good. The stuff with Doomfist was good. Don't get me wrong. It's just we didn't get that glut of animated shorts like we got the first year that yeah. gave us all kinds of stuff to work with. Um, so I'm kind of hoping that events like these that kind of tie together the PVE element and the story and the gameplay, maybe we'll get more of those. Not like, you know, one a month or anything like that, but, you know, no, every six had, months or so, something like that. They, they, um, when they canceled the comic book, one of the things that they had said was they were looking for new avenues to deliver story. So I'm hoping that this is at least a sign of what they were thinking. This yeah. could be the way that they're going to introduce I like, it. I like this method of doing it because it's gameplay, but there's also like the lore involved. And it's not necessarily, oh, we're going to make an Overwatch PvE game or anything like that. It's just, hey, guys, how about taking a break from that beating each other up all the time and try this one-time event thing that's only going to be here for a few weeks and then it's gone. And yeah, it's a fun thing to do. I should mention um, the assassins in the event are terrifying. Like, they... Yeah. Yeah, they have like blades on each of their hands um kind of like the protoss cyan blades um but they will they just kind of like teleport around essentially and uh they will pick a target and if they get to that target they will leap on top of them and pin them down and they will just go like insane just slashing away at you and it you go into this first person well you're already in a first person but you go into this view of like you're staring up at the sky they're on top of you slashing away and it's like, oh, holy crap, this is kind of intense, it, but it's super cool. All right. Uh, however, we are pretty much out of time. So, Anne? Okay, but before we do that, we should probably mm-hmm. mention, like, the really big thing that just came out this week. Okay. BlizzCon dates! <laughs> oh, yes. right. That. that we even talked about in the pre-show, so yeah. Yeah, we need to talk about that. It's, it's, uh, we've talked are... a, lot, a lot of stuff this week. It's, I don't think it's my fault. Yeah, they're, they're, BlizzCon dates have actually been announced. It's going to be November 2nd and 3rd, first weekend in November, which is, I mean, we were, yes. we were kind of figuring that that's kind of normal for them. Um, tickets are going to be sold through Universe again this year at a price of 199 They will probably sell out real quick, but the ticket sales dates. Uh, first one is going to be Wednesday, May 9th at 7pm Pacific. Second one is going to be Saturday, May 12th at 10am Pacific. And the third one is going to be Wednesday, May 16th at 7 Pacific. Um, so, if you want to go to BlizzCon in Anaheim, and I recommend it because it's a really fun, kind of unique experience hanging out with a bunch of people who are super into the games that you're into. Like Mitch. Watch uh-huh. watch for those ticket sales. Um, also, you know, if if you're pretty confident you're get it, you'll get a ticket, or even if you know you're not, just couldn't hurt to book a hotel. Yeah, because I think the Hilton might already be. I don't know. They sell out fast, and they, they kind of sell out they get, fast. They get openings throughout the year, like as people cancel their reservations. But it it never hurts to safely have a hotel, or if you're in a guild, a guild house, or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, plan accordingly. Anaheim is a good time. If you're going to go for BlizzCon, you might consider sticking around for a few days and hitting up Disneyland because it's right there, guys. It's right there. It and literally it's, it's across it. the street. It's it's worth it. Uh, anyway, I just felt like we needed to mention that because we needed. To oh, mention you were it. right. I, su- I suppose <laughs> it is. It is something that happened. It involves blizzards. So yes. Okay. Anyway, yeah, we didn't even get to emails, and I apologize, everybody, but we will go ahead and carry those over to next week so that we can go ahead and answer them. Um, Again, uh, if you do enjoy the show, consider checking out Curiosity Stream. You can 
watch over 1500 science history tech and nature documentaries wherever you happen to be starts out at 2.99 a month they do new shows every week and it helps support the show you can sign up for that at blizzardwatch.com slash curiosity and every new subscription helps support our show and everything that we do blizzard watch it's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzard watch and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow blizzard watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue and an ads free site experience thank you very much Ian. uh again this has been the blizzard watch podcast uh if you have an email for the show, please send it to uh, podcast at blizzardwatch.com with podcast or blizzardwatch in the subject line so we know it's for this show. And I promise we'll get to some next week. <laughs> well, I can't really promise that because who knows. But uh, we will do our absolute best. Thank you guys very much for listening, and we'll be here next week. 